Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Yeah. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reese, a show about living your best life. We are live on the radio, which means sometimes you hear us talking as the show starts. So I'm here with the amazing Melissa Henley, uh, licensed psychotherapist at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. Uh, I myself am the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and a licensed psychotherapist. And uh, pretty much my adult life's mission has been teaching people to live their best life. Uh, I specialize in anxiety, relationships, and uh, things that fall under those categories, which is pretty much everything. Um, And so does Melissa. And so week after week after doing this show, I don't know, something like 300 shows, it's always the big question is what should we be talking about? And I'm pretty excited about today's topic because it certainly invades my life. And I think it probably invades many of yours. And it's the topic of procrastination. Um, Do you find yourself wanting to do things and you don't get them done or you keep finding you find yourself on the Internet checking your email? Somebody recently said to me and I thought it was so smart. They said, compare how many times you check your to do list to how many times you check your email. And take that in for a second. I mean, think about that. You check your email a lot more than you check your to-do list. And that's one of the ways we procrastinate. But anyways, we'll get into it. Let me just start by saying, I hope you're warm where you are. We are in Montreal. It is really cold. Uh, Right, Melissa? It's freezing. freezing. Uh, So first of all, welcome back to Straight Talk, Melissa. I'm so happy to have you. You are now a licensed psychotherapist. I mentioned that last show. Um, um, And I know you were excited about this topic. So welcome back and tell me why you're excited about this topic. Thank you. Um, I love being on these shows. I love having our discussion. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. So... um, and I think it's interesting how you chose also to have this topic right after New Year's. I mean, oh, they yeah. talk a lot about uh, New Year's and, and New Year's resolutions. So I think in January, I find at least in, in at the clinic with the clients that I'm seeing is that January is a, a usually a pretty motivating month. Like I see that right now. They're, they're, you know, you, you set goals for yourself, you're motivated in wanting to do that. But what we start to see is that sometimes that motivation doesn't last and then procrastination might start setting in, you know, as a couple of months go by. Indeed. And- Indeed, it's like when people join the gym in January yeah. and like the gym is full and by February, there's no one in it. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Let's start with procrastination, the word, because I thought this was interesting. It comes from the Latin word procrastinatus. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's really so, cool. And it breaks down pro means forward and crastinus means of tomorrow. And generally, the definition of procrastination is uh, the inability to finish tasks, meet deadlines, arrive on time, and keep promises. Poor concentration, negative internal messages, unrealistic expectations, and the inability to organize and work constructively are present with procrastination. Um, Now, there is a link with low self-esteem and self-criticism. So that's where we get really interested, us therapy people. So who would have thought that delaying to do your taxes is a sign of low Mm -hmm. self-esteem? How are they connected? Well, I guess, you know, I guess this is what we have to start to uh, tweeze apart. So the research tells us that procrastinators, and again, as always, full disclosure, this definitely impacts my life, are closet perfectionistic people. Mm. Um, And I know exactly what that means. So here's how it works. You get up in the morning, 
Has this ever happened to you? You, Melissa, who's sitting next to me, and you who's listening, you get up in the morning and you have a to-do list and it's a gigantic to-do list. Mm -hmm. And as the alarm goes off and you open your eyes, you imagine all these things you have to do. And it feels so overwhelming. And it also feels like you're guaranteed to fail because Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to do it, that you shut off the alarm, you pull the covers up, and you get back. So do you see there the connection with the perfectionism? It's, it's, mm. You cannot win it. The standard, your standard is unrelenting. Yeah. And therefore, you're going to be tempted to procrastinate. I do want to say yeah. on that example that the Rx for that, the solution for that, is actually to lower the list, to make it a smaller list. But you see, a true perfectionist, what would they say to that, Melissa, if I asked them to make their list smaller? Well, it's not enough. Right. It's not good enough. Right. And when you said that interesting point is that the more we, when we want, when the task is too big, it's like almost as if that common distortion comes in. Well, if I can't do all of it, then, you know, might as well not even start. None of it counts. None of it counts. And so Mm -hmm. that's that tendency, once we get caught into that distortion loop, then that's what makes us want to go to the nothing part. And then it's like, well, uh, and then that's when we stay in bed. But that ties into self-esteem because then we're not actually accomplishing much on uh, even if if we feel like we can't perfect it then if we do nothing then it feels like how is that going to help our self-esteem it's no it's definitely not but the whole loop is off right because how much you do in your day actually should not be a drug hit to your self-esteem yeah so we have to break that down too is your self-esteem you're born with it you die with it you're always worthy if you get 25 things done if you get zero things done you're always worthy so it's there's nothing wrong people when i say this get really nervous that i'm saying accomplishment is not good I'm all good with accomplishing, but it does not make you worthier if you accomplish more things, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. One of the things that you say a lot that that really stood out to me was it's easy to love yourself when we're accomplished and when things are great, but can we love ourselves through the procrastination? Can we love ourselves through we're not? And I think that ties into that it's great accomplishment, but not when our self-esteem, what happens when we're not accomplishing? Can we still love ourselves through that? Well, that's a great point, Melissa. Well, I love how you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said it very well yourself. So, you know, I always put this out there and maybe today I'll be surprised. But if you want to join the conversation, <laughs> which we would love, one yes. 866 do it. 472-5792. Call us at 1-866-472-5792. We love getting calls. We don't get them very often. Um, I'm assuming that you'll probably want to text or email. So if you do want to text, it's one five one four seven nine six. 4357 um, or the email is info at help for anxiety depression.com um, procrastination is the topic today and I think that Melissa you started to talk about um, s- the importance of the relationship with self-esteem and the research tells us that self-esteem plays a role in this so I think we can go into one step further. I know you love to talk about this kind of stuff is the way we talk to ourselves. Like I, I'm going to use today as an example for me. Yeah. I had a dentist appointment today. Mm-hmm. Okay. That I thought was going to be like a 30 minute appointment and it was over two hours. What? It was absolutely horrible. Two hours? Yeah. Cutting gum, cutting bone. Oh, not no. fun. You look so good. Thank you. you. Even know. Thank you. Thank you. But miserable. The thing is that I felt when I walked out of the dentist appointment is I felt, and this is what many procrastinators feel, I felt like I can't win this day because I have a standard, and I know you do too a bit with your exercise, and I have a standard on what is reasonable in terms of exercising in a day mm-hmm. and what I feel is the bare minimum I have to get done. And it was already past 3 o'clock, and I have to pick up my kids. This is like I'm telling you my story, and I, and I had a meeting 
and I knew that I will not be able to meet my standard. So I'm still uh, a work in progress. So one, the healthy part of me was able to go, okay, it's okay, Sandra. At least you went to the dentist. That's something I also like to procrastinate. I don't, yeah. There's nothing fun about going to the dentist. Nope. Good thing to procrastinate on. Got it done. Got the cavity filled. Got the whatever they did done. That's a good thing. And it's okay. You're not going to nail the exercise every day. That was the healthy part of me speaking. The unhealthy part of me was like, ugh, the, I'm, there's no hope now. I just can't get it done. Mm. There's no point. Like, mm-hmm. Don't even try to go home and go on the treadmill because mm-hmm. it will only be five or 10 minutes and that mm-hmm. just doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Yeah. Well, interesting because it does feel like that there's like these two selves, right? Yeah. So it feels like the, the healthier side understands or, or can tell us the healthier version that it's okay. But why does this side come in to put us down? It's like how we're talking to ourselves. There's so much shame and guilt that's just associated with procrastination. I see that a lot with my clients is that, they end up procrastinating and then the 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 aftermath of procrastination becomes so much shame and guilt and negative yeah, it's very circular it's very circular so right because you keep going down you spiral down you feel worse and worse about yourself and if you feel worse and worse about yourself it's not like then you're going to get on the treadmill no no right we think that it motivates us but right so that's an important point thank you for bringing that up that the idea of kicking yourself in the butt which a lot of people think is the way to go is mm-hmm. not the antidote to procrastination no so we definitely have to start with that is the antidote to procrastination is not to be harder on yourself no it's actually somewhat counterintuitive the antidote is to be kinder to yourself yeah. but a true perfectionist will say that won't work I won't get the job done no it's not enough yeah the research actually shows that people get more done when they're nicer to themselves that's why I encourage my clients or or encourage you guys listening is is just try it see see what happens notice the difference and you'll be the own the own judge to that experiment yeah try it yeah do an experiment for more than one day yeah we dare you I'm joining you. you we dare you yeah so, by the way, when I got home from the dentist, there was only about 10 minutes before I had to... I was going to pre- ask, what, we, what did you do? And I got on the treadmill. Nice. And I was happy because I count my steps and it increased my steps so I don't have a nightmare tonight to finish up. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to look like, you know, I may not meet my first goal, but it's, it's turning into a pretty reasonable walking day. Yeah. So every little bit counts and um, we have to be very careful of something called all or nothing thinking. Yes. And I did get the meeting done. So at the end, on a day, this is, again, typical Sandra. I am your type A personality. I am the person who has a bit of perfectionism, okay, more maybe more than a bed in me, is on a day that I could easily deem a failure. I mean, think about it. In a way, most people would argue I got quite a bit done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what's being flexible about that every day doesn't have to look the same or be as productive. Like, I, I find... Right now, too, with a with um, a lot of my clients that are in exams right now and studying, it's that procrastination that I have to study the exact same amount of time every day, you know. And it's just sometimes things happen, and it's just learning how to be a little bit flexible. And it, and even if the day wasn't the most ideal day, that there it's not a total waste. Like the right. things that you did get done still count for something. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point, but I can hear people almost in the airwave saying, yeah, yeah but th- is that really true? Is it really true that you didn't get it all done? Is it really okay? But at the end of you the day... You should get it done. You should. Yes. So that that's where it becomes damaging because my, my counterattack would be like, well, what what did that... You know, what harm does it do if, if you didn't get it all done? Well, you didn't exercise it. You're not as healthy a person. But does one day count as your total health being not healthy? Mm. 
good point. Right. Like it does add up if you communicate accumulated those and did that every day, then that's that's a secondary problem we have to look at, which we can talk about after the break. Is that more yeah. un, more psychological reasons of why you might be self-sabotaging and procrastinating? But just one day, we have to kind of separate that one day does not mean um uh, total, total failure, total, total failure, total loss. Yeah, not only you're a great therapist and so good at these topics, but you're even keeping us on track on the time. Thank you, Melissa. So we are going to take a break. So you know, are you a procrastinator? Most of us are. Is there a certain area in your life that you're avoiding? When we come back, we'll talk about possible reasons that people avoid things in particular. Um, I find it always interesting that my to-do list is certain things that get off the list very quickly and things just keep staying there. They just don't get done. And we'll also talk about some solutions. So sit tight. We have solutions for procrastination. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reese, January 2019, talking about procrastination again. Would you like to talk with us? Give us a call, 1-866-472-5792. Are you procrastinating something in your life? Would you like to hear from two therapists on why you might be doing that? Call us. It's a freebie. Or you can email us at info at helpforanxietydepression.com or text 1-514-796-4357. Okay, so we left off on the idea that there's certain things we procrastinate more than others. And I want to say a little bit about that because I have a theory, and I think you'll be interested in this, is that, um, well, it's not really much of a theory because it's actually, I think it's based on facts. There are things, all of us like to do things we're good at. Mm. We don't like to do things we're not good at. Mm. So example, 
if there's something I'm good at and I put it on the to-do list, it gets done. It gets done. You're right. The thing I'm not good at always stays on the list. Why is that? Why, why, why do we not do things that we're good at? What are because we trying to do? Because it's our ego. It's our darn ego. Mm-hmm. I want to, We all are struggling to feel good. Mm-hmm. We all want to feel good about ourselves. So if there's a task, and there, this is where some of the solutions come in. So one of the things on my to-do list has to do with things in my house, straightening my house. Mm-hmm. And not only does that not appeal to me, but it's not my strength. Mm-hmm. So Melissa, what would be a way for me to move towards doing that task? Well, one, one, you said to, 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 to lower it, right? But you're talking more about how can you feel better about the task? How can I get myself to do it? Yeah. Well, how are you looking at it? Like, again, what thoughts? I'm just avoiding it. I'm not even thinking. I'm just avoiding, avoiding. it. Avoiding. Yes. But I'm telling you as a therapist yes. that if I analyze it, it's because yes. that's not my strength. So there's got to be a solution. Yeah. Well, first, first. I would I would suggest about how important it is for you. Like what other like we'd have to look deeper at what other um, is cleaning the house something that's important to you. No, but I want to do it. Okay, and so it's not high on my value system. Not true enough. So so that that's it's not a, even cleaning. It's like doing some like straightening and you know like getting some pictures up on the wall. I love having pictures up on the wall, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so and and what are you telling yourself that you're not good at? Like, why don't you feel good at straightening and maintenance? I don't know. Honestly, that's a great question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I'm even going that far. I'm just avoiding it. Mm-hmm. I'm just avoiding it. I don't do it. I do other things. Other things, yeah. That I'm good at. That we get very distracted. Right? Yes, and I manage to get very distracted. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that our listeners need to consider, and me too, is yes. I think the task needs to be broken down. Yes, it has to be broken down because when that's what I always say is that when when you get overwhelmed, like right now, when you think about straightening, it feels manage, overwhelming. It feels overwhelming. Too and, much. And so and, and and there's so much to do. Like I much. wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, and the house it could feel really overwhelming. Yeah, like different areas that gets build up and things that you want to do and projects you want to start. So when you feel overwhelmed, I say that's your best signal. That's like a really good sign because people usually get overwhelmed and then just want to avoid. Right. But that's a huge signal. It means that it's too big. If it's overwhelming, it means it's too much. So break it down. Break it down into smaller steps. Set goals. One thing that you can do because if you think about cleaning your whole house or maintaining your whole house, that it's feels too much. So maybe start with an area. Maybe start with like a room. Uh, set a timer. Maybe That's do great. maybe do like I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna do ten minutes, and I'm just gonna get it done for ten minutes. That's it, because ten minutes feels reasonable. Yeah, and I love the ten minute rule because you can do anything for ten minutes. Anything. Like anything, anything. So I think that's really good advice: is to break down the tasks and agree to do it for ten minutes. After the ten minutes, you may want to continue with it. Yeah, but you don't have to. You're off the hook. Well, and that's that's what usually what happens is that I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I remember in school when I felt like oh I have to write. Uh, fi- like a five-page paper or a ten-page paper, and I felt it felt like it was really overwhelming to write this huge essay that I had to do. But once you start, like it was hard to get started. But the thing that I had to remind myself is that once I start, you end up getting motivation. So it's almost as if you have to trust yourself that once you'll start, motivation will start to grow. Well, that is 
really an important point because actually that's one of the most profound psychological things I ever learned is that action comes before motivation. We all Mm -hmm. thought motivation comes first. It's not true. Action comes first. So if you're waiting for motivation, as they say, you're waiting for Godot, meaning that's based on a play where you're waiting for someone who never shows up. Mm -hmm. It's never going to happen. If you're waiting for motivation to go to the gym, the answer is, is exactly as Melissa said, is get to the gym for 10 minutes do some activity and your motivation may come but it's not the other way around it's always it's i'm really glad you brought that up it's action before motivation mm-hmm. i'm going to offer also one of my tricks and it's very similar to this you know i i don't like unpleasant tasks it's, no. i don't think many of us do so no. when i was in school um you know, the idea of studying for hours and hours was extremely unappealing to me, but like I'd be very resistant. So I do play a game with myself, which often I tell clients and they don't quite understand the game. So I'm going to try to explain it. I love going on the internet. I love checking my email, love. So I tell myself that I'm only allowed to check my email if I do 10 minutes of study. Interesting, because that's like a reward. It's I'm a straight behaviorist. Mm -hmm. But the problem is a lot of my clients say, but how do you enforce that? You know you can go on the internet and check your email anytime. Um, I actually am very disciplined in that way. If I say you can't look at the email for 10 minutes, I keep my word. Mm-hmm. I don't look at the email. Mm-hmm. So I know I have to do the 10 minutes of work to get the reward. So we are behaviorists. It's a very behavioral strategy. Yeah, because as soon as you get the reward, then you're more likely to, to start something because you want to check your email. I want to check my email. <laughs> yeah. So and, and people used to say to me, how did you do so well in school? You must be so like disciplined about your study. Really, I'm not. And I wasn't. But I had a good system. Mm-hmm. And that's what it really comes down to for procrastinators is yeah. to have some sort of system. Do you yeah. do stuff like that? Yeah. Like, for example, if I know that there's mm-hmm. like a stressful week or stressful, like things that are coming up that I'm trying to like uh, procrastinate or feel very uncomfortable with, it's just trying to schedule. That's where I find my self-care really comes in. Because mm. now that, you know, if I, once I do something and get over something, so I know me too is like straightening my house and drawers and, you know, sometimes Ugh. things get filed up. Yeah. So it's just like after doing one thing, you just reward yourself. Like now I can go, you know, um, have a bath or get a manicure or, right. you know, ha- spend more time in the sauna at the gym, you know, just like little things for me that my self-care, I can use that as my reward system. And so therefore I'll be more likely to, to continue and to do it and to procrastinate, to not procrastinate. I love that. And, you know, the research, we're really just talking about some of our own personal tips, but the research really speaks to this. The research Mm -hmm. talks about working in small blocks instead of long time periods, uh, taking frequent breaks. You know, the the brain actually after 50 minutes really is overwhelmed. That's one Mm -hmm. of the reasons therapy sessions are 50 minutes long Mm -hmm. so that, Mm -hmm. you know, you get a break. Um, Studying for two, three hours in a row without a break is not really actually the most effective thing. No. you know, discipline yourself with your priorities. As you said, decide what are your values? What do you want to see happen? Are you living true to your value system? Mm -hmm. So for example, with exercise, nobody is dying to do exercise, but most people would say that a value system of theirs is to be healthy. So I tell my clients, because people say things like, I have to go exercise. And I don't like that sentence. You Mm -hmm. don't have to anything. Mm -hmm. The only way you're going to exercise is if you decide you want to. Now, so then I say to them, well, do you want to be healthy? Oh, I want to be healthy. So maybe you do want to exercise. It's not that you have 
to. Maybe you want to. Yeah. And then you can take out your agenda and start to set it, right? Yeah. And it's and when you say that, it reminds me of it's kind of like set, learning how to separate mm-hmm. as if we're two selves. Because yeah. this is what procrastination happens is that we have our future self. So the future self wants to be healthy. Mm-hmm. But then the present self doesn't want to work out. <laughs> right. 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 And so we, we have to look at because, of course, when we're procrastinating, it's short term gain. Right. We're looking at the short term relief and the short short term. I don't want to go exercise, but long term, I want to be healthy. Yeah. Right. So we have to look at our long term goals. Like that's one of the first things I try to help, too, is what are your long term goals? Because um, short term if we try to do that immediate gratification and satisfy, because it's almost impulsive. It is. Right? There's an impulsivity nature to, I don't feel like doing it, so I'm just going to act on it. Right. right? It's like, almost the child's part of ourself. Yeah. Well, you're really talking about emotional intelligence now. You're talking about people with good emotional intelligence can delay gratification. Yes. And this is, we've done shows on this. This is a muscle you want to develop. Mm-hmm. So that's the same way I would say, don't look at the emails for 10 minutes, yeah. is to delay that desire to indulge yourself. And yeah. this is something we have to teach our kids. You know, they study children with, uh, they tell them, here's an ice cream sundae. Yeah. Don't eat it. Yeah. And if you don't eat it, we'll give you a double don't. ice cream sundae. And some kids can do that quite easily. And some kids really can't. And the kids who can do it easily go on to make an on average $30,000 more per wow. year. Mm-hmm. Better marriages, better health. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad you brought that up. That's a really important point. That's true. So try. It's also trying to, you know, if the if the long term goals, because now we're we, we don't want to um, act on that impulsivity to just satisfy the short term benefits, because there is short term benefits, right? Mm, if I sure. if I Pull have the cover this, over my head, so I get the benefit of sleep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there are short term benefits, but it's it's looking at the long when they're short term benefit, there might be long term consequences. Right. So you can do two things. You can either make like one thing I suggest is trying to make your short term um, your long-term, because whatever long-term rewards that you're going to get, try to make those long-term rewards um, closer. So that's kind of what we were talking about in terms of um, rewarding ourselves. So making those rewards, because sometimes it feels like, well, when I'm going to be healthy, it feels too far away. So try to make those rewards earlier. Yeah. Absolutely. So the sooner you get the rewards, the more you'll be motivated is what you're saying. Yeah. So when I, I can maybe like short term for health, how can I, uh, my reward short term, maybe I can focus on um, my health. So maybe I can start to focus on eating better, which um, that I'll see more of a, more of a result faster in my mood, let's say, than, than long term. So try to really make uh, the, sh- the, the, the benefits earlier so that yeah. that can reward us or make the consequences. Like we often talk a lot about boundaries and consequences yeah. and I find it interesting is learning how to make our own consequences. Yes. No email for you today. Yeah. No soup for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got to take a break, but we do have a texter who's saying that uh, procrastination is connected with laziness. I'm not sure we agree with that. Ooh. What are your thoughts on that, Melissa? Well, laziness is a bit of a judgment. It's, it's quite a judgment, and procrastinators yeah. are not generally lazy people. Mm-hmm. They're avoiding something that makes them uncomfortable, yes. and they're not always that they're perfectionists at heart. Perfectionists look sometimes lazy, but they're, as a matter of fact, the person who's lying on the bed looking very lazy often is a perfectionist, not lazy. No. Thoughts? Yeah. And, and, uh, there's always reasons, so that's what we we can get into. Uh, that there's reasons yeah. emotionally of why might be we be avoiding something. There's something emotionally that we might be afraid of, and so 
it looks like laziness. The yeah. behavior looks like laziness, yeah. but the what's actually going on, there's a whole story. We have to look at what function is the procrastination serving. So I'm really grateful to this texture for bringing yes. this up because when we come back, we're going to talk about whether it is laziness, uh, which it's not, and we'll explain why not and how it could look like laziness, but it's not. And we're also going to talk, what I want to get into also is the role, why people with anxiety tend to procrastinate because there is a relationship. So we'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Okay, so we left off on an important topic, and it's the, our texter was saying that procrastination starts from laziness, and that gets me all excited to talk. So I'm going to say a few things on this. So, again, laziness is an, in itself an interesting concept. Like, what does it really mean? Because, again, it's a judgment, like Melissa says, and we all are capable of being lazy, no doubt about that. But actually avoiding tasks, it's a little deeper than that. So I'm going to talk about... Um, my bit on that. And then Melissa, I know, has something she wants to say about other reasons why people avoid things. So again, the research shows us that um, if you feel that no matter what you do, it's not going to be good enough. And listen, how many of us feel that? A lot of us feel that, that it's not going to be good enough. You got, you know, 95 in school, it's not 100. You you cleaned the house, but it wasn't the whole house. You went to the gym, but it was only for 20 minutes. I mean, we all do that. But the more you do that, the more lightly you're going to avoid doing your tasks. So does that make the person lazy? It doesn't make it that person effective, but it's not laziness that's driving the car. It's the fear of the judgment 
that's driving the car. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you're putting your hands up in the air and saying, I'm going to be judged anyways, so I might as well do nothing. You know, it's kind of like you you hear people sometimes say, like, if I'm going to be accused of something, I might as well be doing the crime. It's Mm -hmm. a bit like that. You're going to be accused of being lazy, then I might as well act lazy. The kid who doesn't study for the exam often is not studying because they figure they're going to do badly anyways. And by not studying, at least they're taking control of the situation. They can say it's their own fault because they didn't study as opposed to studying and being disappointed by their mark. Wow. I see you want to say something. Wow. Oh, you like that, eh, Melissa? I love that because, yeah. because that ties into what you're saying is that how does, how does procrastination lead to anxiety or how are they connected? They're very connected in that way. Again, if I'm fearful of doing, if I'm fearful of it, first of all, Anxiety, one of the key elements of anxiety is avoidance. Mm -hmm. So we must always remember that. Someone who's anxious avoids things. I always make people laugh when I give talks. I say, if you want to get an anxiety disorder, all you have to do is avoid something. (laughs) And you'll develop an anxiety problem. Don't avoid things. So the thing is, but it's easier said than done. If speaking on the radio today or going to the dentist, the dentist is something I don't like. My natural tendency is going to want to be to avoid it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that's where anxiety comes in. The more I avoid it, the more my brain gets, the loop of my brain gets a message like, oh, phew, I didn't have to go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. And I get addicted to that feeling. And then the idea of going to the dentist invokes um much more anxiety. So then that leads to more avoidance, which leads to more anxiety and around and around we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes total sense because it's the more, the more you decrease your anxiety, you're teaching your brain to, to keep avoiding. Right. right? So it's a very, very powerful message that you're sending to your brain with that relief. Right. So when, when Nike came up with the just do it a few, like years ago, I think that's really the antidote to this entire problem. Uh, cleaning the house, the anxiety of dealing with things, studying, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. is it's really just doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the dentist. I promise you, I don't want to go, mm-hmm. but I just get in the car and do it. Yeah. And then it's done. And how much better do you feel about yourself after? So it, sometimes yeah. thinking about, okay, I'll feel like when I go to the gym, I don't feel like going, but I know I'll feel better after. Right. But you brought up a very important point. I'll lead you into it. Yes. Thank which you. is the idea that, okay, so we, we t- I, I want to lead us, everyone into it. So there's the idea that you have a to-do list. And we said that maybe you're avoiding doing something on your list because you're not good at it. like mind straightening the house. But there's another, Melissa's going to talk about another thing about maybe there's something on your to-do list, like going to the gym, for example, and you just keep not doing it. And maybe as you go further, you might discover something. Melissa, what might you discover? So if it's important, when I, when, before we left for the break, when, when we talked about the procrastination, that we have to always ask ourselves, whatever behavior that we're doing, the question is, instead of judging ourselves as lazy or with, with a lot of shame, is I want you to ask yourself, what purpose is this serving? Like it's doing its job. The procrastination is trying to in a weird way to protect you. Mm-hmm. There's something that's going on that, that the reason why the procrastination is coming in. So I always like to look at what, what function is this behavior serving? Causing, yeah. serving. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when we look at that, so the purpose could be, like you said, not good enough, or it could be a fear. Maybe you're really scared of something and, and scared of doing something, scared of failing. That could be something that's propelling it. But it's interesting. I had I had a, a recent uh, client that we've talked about and we discussed this is that a lot of the times maybe our procrastination is actually trying to tell us something that maybe it's you simply just don't want to do it. Ah, 
So this is very important. So if I find out, so this is, I work with my clients a lot on this because there's socially acceptable things to say you don't want to do and there's socially unacceptable Mm. things to do. So society says that I should exercise. What if I find out I don't want to exercise? Yeah. What do I do with that? Because the voice in my head will say, head will say but you should. That the, yeah, you should. That's where the should statements come right. in. And so if I'm telling myself, so for example, in in uh, like if if you simply don't want to go to the gym, or if you simply let's say you're doing um let's say you're doing uh, all these courses, but really you want to be doing maybe finding uh, maybe more your creative side or something. You think that you should. Be, be doing one thing maybe your parents are expecting a certain thing or uh, there's like values that you have to be doing this one thing but maybe you're not doing it because simply you feel compelled to do it but then maybe deep down that's where we have to be honest with ourselves is that maybe there's a part of us that just doesn't want to do it right but what if I don't want to do it and it's doesn't I don't like that well Uh, well, I want to be the kind of person who wants to do it well then, that that that's where the te- if you want to do it, that's where. But the I don't want to do it. But I'm not happy that I'm not the kind of person who wants to do it. No, that that's where that's where how I would tell the difference is that if I really wanted to do it, and it was a goal that my future self would. Um, be happy for (laughs) then use the techniques that we've already talked about today like breaking it down do one thing at a time um, just do it you know trying those techniques but let's say at the end of the day you really that's where we have to be honest with ourselves is that sometimes the procrastination we're not heading towards that direction because our body is trying to tell us we don't really want it and that's where I would work on is learning how to accept those parts of us yeah I like that so and that's a very big part of self-esteem too, is I, again, to go back to our, our running example, if I find out, you know what, I think it would be nice to have a more organized house, but you know what, it's just not that high on my value system yeah. and I don't want to do that. It's It really is starting to have a loving relationship with myself to say, and that's okay. And, that's and even okay. if it's something like exercise, which we all know is very important, I teach my clients that, look, we know that exercise is good for you and you may want to do it, but you also may be the kind of person that says, I don't. And that's got to be okay too. We've mm-hmm. got to give ourselves that kind of safety mm-hmm. and that kind of kindness and compassion. Yeah. Now, a lot of people listening will say, no, you're laying yourself off the hook. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? But that's where I would, because it really depends. You have to, you have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, what, what is it that you want? Because if you're, remember we said that procrastination are usually very high driven, like type A yep. perfectionism, they can be. Uh, so when you ask yourself, because interesting, it's like, why can I get a lot of things done? But yet on this, I'm stalling, I'm avoiding, right? Right, right, right. And so that's the part where I would just, uh, yeah, like you're not letting off yourself off the hook. I feel like you're actually being more authentic with yourself. Honest. By honest, yep. by letting go of judgments, letting go of other people's expectation of what they think you should be doing mm. and just listening to our true self. Yeah, and you never know. You might revisit it. Like yeah. if, if I decide I don't want to go to the gym, I don't, I know that there's going to be natural consequences. I'm going to gain weight. I may not be as healthy. Yeah. And if the consequences are bad enough, yeah. I'll go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. But we want to do like, things we want to do. Want to do, right. Like, if, for example, if, if there's you're procrastinating of being like a, going to school and being a teacher versus, you know, wanting to do maybe fitness instructing, well, you know, one, if you're being forced into one direction, you have to ask yourself, well, maybe that's, you know, doing school and, and that uh, being a teacher is not maybe not what you really want. 
At this time, anyways. At this time, at right? this time. And that's got to be okay. And that's okay. I think we're on the topic of living a life of wants instead of have tos. And have I, to, I yeah. that's very important to me in my value system. But I think that we also, I, I teach people that we have to play a little bit of a, a semantics with ourselves. Because people say, well, I don't want to go to work, Sandra. Like, that's a terrible <laughs> example. And I say, no, you do want to go to work. And they say, no, I don't. And I say, yes, you do. And they say, what do you mean? And I say, okay, well, if you don't go to work, you can't pay your rent. And if you can't pay your rent, you end up on the street. Do you want that? No, I don't want that. I guess you want to go to work. Yeah. And, and so it's a paradigm shift. So then the reason I like teaching this to people is for me, one of my highest values is freedom. And if I always check in if whether I want to do something, even though it seems like I don't want to go to the dentist, but I don't want the pain in my teeth and my no. teeth to fall out. Yeah. So that means I do want to go to the dentist. Yes. It makes me feel like I'm living a life of freedom as opposed to, oh, I have to go to the dentist. Oh, I have to go to work. Oh, I have to exercise. Yeah, I don't like that. It's true because you're reframing it and it feels like, it, and, and it all comes back to choice. It feels like now, instead of feels like I feel like I have to go to the dentist, it feels like there's no choice involved. And I hate that because that feels victimy to me. Yeah. And you and know I'm allergic to that. And we we want to rebel if we don't if a lot of people feel this way if we don't have any choice our rebel our little rebellious side comes out and that's says, right i don't want to do it but if it if you reframe it in that way to say look i don't want to go to the dentist but i also don't want my teeth to fall out to fall out and have right. consequences then then i'm choosing to go to the dentist oh, i think that's key to living an empowered life i really do yeah. i think the choice, the choice well don't forget choice is the antidote to victimization mm. so we we come in full circle back to the fact so procrastination maybe feeds the victim rule maybe it's part of what leads to maybe i should say like this is get feeling like you have to do things leads to feeling like a victim which leads to procrastination yeah because if i have to i have to then that's where the rebellion comes in i have to but i'm not going to yeah and when you said that you found an interesting link too we talked about before the show is how that can also lead you to feel loneliness yes well i saw some research on procrastinators tend sometimes they're procrastinating because they're lonely They're lonely. They're missing a connection, which is another strategy is, you know, call up a friend and say, do you have some work to do on your computer? I have some work to do on my computer. Let's go to Starbucks and do work together. We don't even have to say a word to each other. But sometimes it's a call for some connection. Because these tasks, or maybe I could call a friend and say, a friend who loves straightening the house, come over, help me. I hate this stuff. You know, guide me a little bit. Or even putting nice clothes together. I have a friend of mine who's, you know her well, who's very good at that. I don't like putting clothes together. There, so yeah. yeah, or make it fun. You know, I blast some music and you know make it. Make Do it, you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Music is always a blasting. Music helps uh, for many many different things. Amazing. Okay, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and we'll try to bring this topic home with a few more strategies on how to not let procrastination overtake your life. It's almost like a weed. It can just keep getting worse and worse. Like Melissa said, the more you do it, the worse you feel about yourself. The worse you feel about yourself, the less likely you're going to do stuff. So uh, let's think about that. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. 
Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. January 2019, talking about procrastination. I mean... As Melissa said at the beginning of the show, we're motivated in January, but sometimes we don't keep it and we start to avoid things. And we've talked about how avoidance leads to anxiety. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is that um, in some cases, procrastination might be a tip off to underlying issues. Anxiety could be one of them. Depression could be another one. Attention deficit disorder could be another one. And and obsessive compulsive disorder could be relevant here. Mm. If you're washing your hands over and over again or tied up with other compulsions, that's going to keep you from doing things because things become very difficult. So we really do need to be curious about what's going on. Um, if and, and don't you think people should be um, checking if they've fallen into a depression or some anxiety? And there's really good ways to check that. There's some wonderful inventories online. Yeah, there's like questionnaires or things that you can do, you know, just to just to assess and check check in with your mood. But you're right, procrastination can be a sign that there's, remember when we talked about why is this procrastination happening? And it could be happening because it's a sign about our mental health. So if you're, if, um, of course, if you're concerned to reach out and to see, but there's a lot of support online or online free support. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, for what it's worth, cognitive behavioral therapy is the therapy of choice for these kinds of problems. Um, so you want to, if, if you, if it's too much for you to handle on your own, you want to reach out. I mean, I really think procrastination is one of the things that therapy works very well with because you need an action plan to overcome procrastination. And there are a lot of tips, some of which we've talked about today, um, you know, g- making a to-do list, something I, this this is something I also sometimes I'm very good about making to do lists, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I know what I have to do. I'm not going to write it down. Not yeah. smart. Write no. it down. No visual. Tick it off. Visual technique. Visual, visual. techniques. It. Tick it off. Um, another colleague of ours um, who works at the center, she gives herself a gold star every time she gets something. <laughs> it works for her. Yeah. It really works for her. Uh, we want to have some good strategies. Um, you want to create your workspace to be a nice, organized workspace with good lighting. Yeah. Um, and do those quizzes online. See if you're suffering from depression or anxiety. Yeah. 
yeah, can go online and ask for an inventory for depression or anxiety, and you can fill them out very easily and check. And if your score is high, really consider reaching out for yeah, help. Because the more the more depressed we feel, the more likely we're going to be putting stuff off. Right. And and that keeps us sometimes in the loop of of a feeling lower and and keeps the depression. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm thinking of a client of mine that goes through this who feels overwhelmed easily. And yesterday we had a group meeting at um, at the center, and we were talking about also the addic- addictive nature of the brain. Yeah, and the problem is that if you're overwhelmed, and someone gives you a solution to the overwhelmed, you may find yourself not doing the solution. And you might be going, why am I not listening to my therapist or the guidebook online? And that the research, this one of our therapists was presenting on this topic. It's so interesting. The research shows is that your brain is already uh, used to you being overwhelmed and it might be addicted to you feeling overwhelmed. Can you imagine that? Yeah, very. No, it's very interesting. I loved when she talked about that because it makes so much sense. There's a lot of clients that say, well, um, you know, I've tried, I was actually talking about this today. She's like, well, the, the mood log doesn't work. The breathing doesn't work. The challenging, the thoughts doesn't work. And so, you know, I, it, I took that moment to do a little bit of psychoeducation that we learned uh, yesterday and to really apply it to, to her situation. And so what happens is that when, when in our brain we have uh, hundreds and billions of neurotransmitters. And so when, when these, what, do, what do neurotransmitters do? Well, I think you're, I'm not sure where you're going with this, so it's difficult for me to answer, but I think you're talking about the neuronal pathways yes. that are etched in our brain yes. um, that um, they're basically rapidly fired to tell us what to do in a situation. Yeah, so that's what the neurotransmitters do. They communicate to other neurons. And basically when they communicate to other neurons, they're telling they're telling our body and our brain what to do. So if we've if we've practiced that procrastination, it's almost like our, our brain developed a code. Yeah. You know, and so if if that's the way that the code is, anytime something comes up that makes us anxious or we want to avoid, our brain's gonna those neurotransmitters are gonna fire and communicate to our brain to keep avoiding. And so once once that um, so avoidance comes up, but also these neurotransmitters also send out um, it sends a message to our brain that actually we get a physical like our brain is actually going to produce physiological sensations, mm-hmm. and that's why the anxiety right before you procrastinate the anxiety is so high because the physiological. Uh, response that your body's doing can be really intense. Like, for example, increased heart rate, uh, tightness in your chest, Mm. just like fidgeting. So it's going to start to create these physiological responses, which feel really uncomfortable. So our brain has learned that by avoiding it and procrastinating, then it'll feel better. You'll feel better. So actually, the reason why the techniques are so hard of what I say is that because those, those connections in your brain haven't been developed, like that highway is not there yet. Right. So just by doing it once is great, but that's why it's not, it doesn't feel like it's enough or it doesn't solve it. It doesn't feel natural also. No, it doesn't feel natural. Right. So you have to keep doing it over and over and learn a new technique. Yeah. Because now you're teaching your brain to make those different connections that when I get anxious, that there's other options I can do instead of procrastinating. Mm. But it's our brain is just doing what the path, the path most traveled. It's doing what, what the path of least resistance. Right. That's so true. We always do that as humans. Yes. So it's just about learning. Keep doing. That's why I encourage that. It's not just, just like going to, to work out. It's not just by doing that, you know, one, one rep of a, a, 
have uh, biceps, then I'm going to get these nice, beautiful biceps. It's it's by doing it repetitively that you'll make newer connections in your brain. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about the brain is that it is it, 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 it can adapt, it can change. And so once you make these new connections, you'll see that the techniques um, can be a lot, they will be a lot more effective and quicker. Wow, that was really beautifully said. And so it's such an important point that our brains are plastic. They're not mm-hmm. hardwired. We used to thought they were hardwired. They're not. Yeah. And you can literally change your life and change these habits, no doubt about it. Yeah. So, so if it didn't work the first time, I encourage you not to give up to just, they're neurologically, there's a reason why it didn't fully work the first time. And it doesn't mean to give up. Just keep going. Keep trying. Keep going. Mm-hmm. So procrastination, again, you know, I'm asking you guys to join us. Um, Melissa, I'm going to ask you, a moment about what you procrastinate in your life but I've already talked about the straightening things in my home is not at the top of my list the other day I already did the strategy that I've talked about is I broke down the task and I made a phone call to somebody who tends to help me with this kind of stuff and even that's hard for me because I don't like to dedicate the time to this I can think of a lot of better things to do with my time Uh, but I did the just do it strategy and that worked for me and I've got something in place by next time we have a radio show I'll have some new pictures up on the wall yay what do you procrastinate I'm just curious let's keep it personal like what is what are things in your life that you tend to put off there, there's a couple of things. As soon, some, um, this I've, I've gone, uh, I've worked hard on, I got a lot, a lot better, but sometimes I avoid, I procrastinate. Um, for me, it's more emotional things. Oh. Like uh, I procrastinate communicating my feelings or I'll procrastinate, I'll avoid uh, putting a boundary, let's say. Mm. So for me, it's more, because with tasks, not so much, but me, it's more, it's more, um, Obviously, that the housework is one task, but like the 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 clutter that ends up building up. But for me, it's more emotionally that I have to really be honest with myself and put my feelings first and to communicate it when when I need to. So, how can you make a commitment to change? What are you going to do to help yourself on that? Well, to me, I have to. That's one thing I worked on was to look at what was I avoiding, what was I scared of. That's remember, that's always what function is this procrastination serving uh-huh. and it was to avoid the conflict but it's to tell myself right now if I I might avoid the conflict with them but now there's an internal conflict between me and myself because it doesn't feel good not expressing my feelings so it's just about putting myself first and having more an authentic relationship with myself that's so actually ha- my new year's resolution so you're telling yourself to have a more authentic relationship with yourself that's great but do you have any behavioral strategy to make sure you do it um write it down journal write it are down are you first. doing that i am okay yeah. so that's one we can check in with you and see if you're doing your journal and i think that's a great point because if it's emotional it needs to be written in a journal yes that's a really good idea so uh, that's all the times we have today, unfortunately. But I want to thank you, Melissa, so much for Yay. coming on and talking about this. Thank you. Um, you are so good at this, so good. Uh, people always ask me, how can they reach you? How do they find you? You can call the center. the The number uh, for the center is five one four seven 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 four five three zero. And you can also go on our website, helpforanxietydepression.com. Melissa, thank you again for thank coming you. on. I'd like to also thank our listeners from all over the world for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And I'd like to invite you to come back next week. Um, if you're interested in upcoming couple retreats, uh, we have one in June in Montreal. We have a women's retreat in April. And we have a parenting workshop coming up in February. Uh, don't be shy to check out helpforanxietydepression.com. Um, you can hear this in any prior show as a podcast on my website, on the podcast app of your iPhone or on iTunes. 
um, under uh, Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. You can also check out previous shows on straighttalksandrareich.com. Feel free to drop me a comment or question at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My name is Sandra Reich, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.